Welcome to the show, Paul and Adam, right here, talking Art of Living. Great to be with you today, my friend. So good to be back here with you, sir. Yes. It's been a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. Things have been crazy. Actually, oftentimes we talk about my travels. Yeah. And you just recently went on a trip. Yeah, that doesn't happen often, but I went to a great conference at Baylor University. Shout out to Waco, Texas. Waco. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Waco. Well, the reason I say wacko is because way back in the day, there was a wacky situation. Yes, there was. Yeah. There was. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> so look it up. There was know. a cult that was mm-hmm. in Waco. But anyway, they've got. But I didn't go for that kind of conference. Right. It was different. Yes, it was different. But uh, it was great. Um, it, was, it was a conference on higher education from a faith perspective. There were a lot of great uh, Catholics and non-Catholics that are doing interesting things to help evangelize and spread the gospel, especially on secular campuses or non-Catholic campuses, I should say, um, because even private campuses aren't Catholic. So anyway, I think there's a lot of hope, you know, in the future of the church because we are in a dire need for some solutions in that area, especially on college campuses. As you know, we lose our faith. Our kids lose our faith um, left and right on campus. Okay. So if you don't mind me, I'm going to share a little funny story about this. And then we're going to get you. I'm going to get uh, to a little content meet on it. But so, um, I called you and, you know, we schedule time in the <laughs> studio. It's, it's consistent. And, um, I'm like, Hey, we're re, uh, recording tomorrow. And, uh, you called me, which we usually can text that back and forth. I mean, we do talk on the phone, but, um, I texted you, Hey, we're recording tomorrow, you know, uh, which is our normal time. And then you just call. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, oh, you know, something's up. Something's up. I mean, if Adam's calling it's me. It's out of routine. It's out of routine. <laughs> and so you're like, hey, can't record tomorrow. Really? Why? I mean, it's, you know, the night before. Like, what's the last minute? And you're like, well, I forgot I had a trip. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well, where are you going? He's like, well, I forgot I had a trip to go to Texas, right? This is you. Yeah. The night before. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I thought it was kind of funny because life is so busy. I mean, you yes. have a lot of kids and married and uh, you didn't plan the trip. You know, you're, uh, you were going with a, you know, a, a group, yeah, a group. And, um, you know, you found out the night before that you were going to Texas that you had forgotten about it basically. Yes. And you know what it did for me? Not only did it make me laugh, <laughs> it made me feel human. Oh, did it? Yeah. 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 Cause you're like, Hey, I just forgot to put it in the calendar and it just I crept did. up and then, since you didn't book your own flights and travel arrangements, you know, you just kind of forgot about it. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I've gotten to the point in my life where I guess I've been adulting for so long. Mm-hmm. So things like a calendar and putting something in a calendar, yeah. like I literally will forget mm-hmm. if I don't write it down. This is kind of weird for me. I used to be able to remember things yep. like that, like, oh, I'm going out of town. Right. And then my first question was you was like, oh, so how... How'd that conversation go with your wife when you're like, hey, honey, I forgot I'm supposed to be in a conference out of town tomorrow, not like next month, tomorrow. And your response was great. Uh, She forgot too. You know, like y'all had talked about it, but the fact that you didn't put it in the calendar, y'all both just forgot that it was there. So it was like, oh, we both forgot, but we both knew. Yeah, we knew it was on the horizon at some point. It was in the back of our mind, but then it was like, oh, it's today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But look, when you got the family we have, you got to roll with the punches. We've learned a happy medium, though. We really we plan a lot of what we can plan, mm-hmm. but we're also very flexible when stuff like that comes up or um, things happen, you know, in life. And 
So, you know, I think we've hit a rhythm about 13 years into marriage almost, well, 12 and a half. Yeah, and I want to get back to this because uh, it's part of our topic today, and uh, it's about rocks. Okay, so let me get back to this. Rocks? It's about carrying rocks. All okay. Right? Um, but I want to talk about a Have You Seen? Because I think there was a powerful thing that happened just recently in the news. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? So I'm for real, uh, and this is actually not funny. So, you know, a lot of times I have have your scene section uh, segment is uh, you know funny video or whatever, but this is actually a powerful video where I, I don't know if you saw this, but which is why I have you seen because I ask you have you seen, and most times you're oh. like no I haven't seen that, mm-hmm. right? And then sometimes you have. So I don't know if you've seen this. So I'm asking you have you seen, but you don't know what you've seen <laughs> because I haven't said it yet. Such a beautiful introduction. But it's this. Uh, so there was a. High school kid that brought a gun to school in Oregon. No, I have not seen this. And uh, so shows up at school with a gun uh, in his jacket and goes into class. Kids are running. You can see the video online. And um, kids are just, you know, it's obviously really, really tense, crazy situation, which we're all on high alert with situations like that, particularly because we've experienced, you know, mass shooting, school shootings. So Obviously, uh, it's like your worst nightmare, right? If you go to, you know, here was a music, uh, um, you know, a, a movie theater, you know, schools. I've, I've been to schools. I've spoken at schools where things like this have happened. Anyway, so I'm watching this and, um, you know, kids are running around like crazy. And then what ends up happening is that there's a, there's a teacher who's a coach that's in the room, grabs, grabs the gun, the kid, and begins to talk the kid out of it right and the gun's loaded and then you see on this video that as he takes the gun away from the kid like instead of throwing the kid on the ground like beating him up or cuffing him or whatever like you you, all these scenarios run through your mind this is a powerful moment he takes the gun from the kid hands it off and then just hugs the kid and like you could just see this scene of this broken person this broken kid who's obviously hurting. No one acts out of, you know, hurt people, hurt people, you know, like mm-hmm. he's obviously acting out of his hurt. And then just seeing this, this coach, this teacher, uh, embrace this kid and, and just hugging him. And like, you could just say like, he's talking to him in his ear that, you know, like this isn't you, you're better than this. Like, you know, obviously the kid's going to get in trouble, but like this moment, it's pretty powerful, pretty powerful. And for all the people out there who, who work with people and who work in schools and are coaches and teachers and, you know, ministers and youth ministers and DREs and religious educators, pastors and, you know, social workers, you know, you, you work with people, you, you're not trained for these moments, but yet you are, you're trained to love in these tough moments. And the video was powerful. No, I had no idea. This was recent. I'm yeah, guessing. it was recent. Yeah. 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 And I guess you, and working at a church and being involved in things like this, like you kind of go through scenarios in your mind, what if, what if, what if? Um, but it's so moving to see people actually act like you would hope you would act. But in the moment, like you you just can't think. Like you're just going on instinct. And yeah. if, if you have good trained instincts, right. if you've worked with these kids before or other situations like that, like you, you know what to do, you know? Um, so I just hope if I'm ever in a situation like that, I could – yeah, and we don't way. always know what to do, but what, like it was, his instinct was, let me love this this kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the video gave me hope. And there's moments of life where, 
you know, things are tough or it's crazy or we can get jaded about mm-hmm. our society and there's things that give you hope. And something this week that happened in my life that gave, gave me hope. But to bring it back to your conference, when I was asking you, you know, because when you told me you were leaving, going to a conference, I was like, oh, we don't get to record. My thought was, oh, this is going to be cool. I can't wait to hear about Adam's experience. So when you got back, I shot you a text and you're like, it was great. And I was like, can't wait to hear about it. So when I asked you about it, I think one of the things that came out about the conference you went to um, was that you just had a sense of hope. There was a sense of like, there. I think what you said was, man, there's really good things happening out there. Yeah. And that that was like really good for me to hear because so often I can get focused on all the things that aren't happening. Yeah, and there's plenty to choose from in that area. But there are good people in the church and outside of the church that are doing good things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we're people of faith, all of this comes from God, yeah. right? Like God never abandons his people. And there will never be a generation without saints. We might not know where they're at or what their name is. Or people right now. who are responding to God's call. Right. And there's never going to be a generation of without great works being done to, to mm-hmm. spread the kingdom or glorify God. It just might be more hidden at some times than others. And I think right now, at least in our neck of the woods, it's easy to to not search out for these things or not, you know, but... And what I appreciate about, like, your feedback from the conference, because, you know, it was a conference, all these sort of institutions and people who are doing good work on college campuses around mm-hmm. the country and trying to empower kids and teach kids and, uh, you know, college students and the faith. And, you know, it was, yeah, really good to hear. But, you know, I think what, what was great for me to hear is that, you know, that you didn't go to a conference and you were like, man, it was a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like wh- your feedback was like, man, there's really good things happening out there. And, and like, you know, I'm re-energized by that, you know, by by people's purpose and the fact that they're finding mission out there. For me this week, I, I happened to, you know, th- through a leadership group, I work with lead professionals. You know, partners were giving leadership talks to um, coaches uh, so the school system brought their coaches together and, you know, basically like a coach's in-service or training, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're doing this and, uh, you know, it's an inspiring group to be with because you don't often think. And it's talking about this video with this coach. It just happened all fall this week. And, um, you know, the number one thing that w- in the coaches and in the, in the sharing and the feedback, um, the number one thing that came out, that why coaches coach? Why, why do they wake up and they get paid less and – you know, they, they, they work long hours and they sacrifice a lot of things. And um, the number one reason had nothing to do with the sport that they loved to coach or winning at the sport that they love to coach, right? So they all coach a sport that they love, obviously, or they played and they all love to win. There's no doubt. The, the number one reason, the number one reason that they all said that they coach was because they had a purpose to change someone's life. Right, mm-hmm. and to live with that sense of purpose, or to be reminded of it, I think for us, like it's hard to keep going in life when we're not, we don't have a sense of purpose, or we're not reminded of what our purpose is. That's greater than just the mundane of every day, right? Mm-hmm. So you went to this conference, it's like, man, you know, I'm inspired by people having purpose, and I'm reminded of my purpose. For me, the same thing this week is like, man, like. Yeah, I need to be re-energized, reminded, refocused, and being around people who have a sense of purpose. Even if they're tired in it, 
it re-energizes you. And like being around these coaches who wake up every day and sacrifice a lot because they love kids, man, I get, you know, like I'm inspired. Absolutely. And I think we need to admit that we're human because what human beings do is they forget. Yep. We forget very easily. We forget mentally, but also emotionally mm -hmm. things that are true. Absolutely. And so we need built-in reminders of our purpose, of what motivates us, of what we think is most important in life. We can't just assume we're always going to remember either in our mental memory or in our emotional memory what's important. Because mm -hmm. we will forget, unless we're around these kind of situations, those that make it obvious what's important, you know? Well, that's one of the things that if you read Scripture, New Testament, Old Testament alike— the word uh, remember, remembrance, um, is like threaded throughout Scripture. And I think for the sheer reason, because the Lord knows us so well, is that he knows that there's, you know, many faults about our human ailment, but one is that we forget. Mm -hmm. You know, we're forgetful people. Uh, we forget our purpose. We forget our mission. We forget our identity. We forget why we're here. We forget that God loves us. We forget that we you know, have true meaning, you know, we forget that we're sons and no we forget, right? And I think oftentimes, like, we, we almost hate ourselves for forgetting. Uh, we're so hard on ourselves. But the Lord's so generous that the Lord reminds us of who, who we are, reminds us of our purpose, reminds us of our mission. But we can stay in forget mode if we're not around the right people or situations that help to remind us of God's purpose for our life, you know? Um, so the church, scripture, prayer, but people mm -hmm. all play an effect on moving us forward and, and helping us stay focused. All right, so when we come back, I promise, we're going to talk about these rocks. Okay, Paul, I want to hear about this. Paul and Adam. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam in studio, talking Art of Living. It's fall here in Louisiana. Mm, yes, I say is. that very monotonely because <laughs> fall here means that it's hot one day, then it rains, a cool front follows, and it gets cool. And when we say cool, we're talking about like 70s, lows, <laughs> lows 50s, and that's very cool for us. Yes, and it's the best. It's the best time of the right. year. Right. So, but then you, but you do have to endure the rain in between the warm day and the cool day. Oh, yeah. And we're enduring like a day and a half of rain. Yes. Right. But on the other side is some beautiful weather. And it's all about what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Right? Such is life. Such is life. And uh, so I want to get to these rocks. Yeah, right? tell me, because I, I don't know where you're going with this. Okay. <laughs> so here's the deal. You know, as, you know, in life, you know, we, we're all basically carrying around responsibilities, right? Uh, we're juggling. We often use that term or that metaphor of juggling, Word. you know, all our duties, all our responsibilities. 
and um, you know, I like to often think of them as uh, more like rocks or pebbles, and you know, some things are bigger. So you know, a responsibility is like, oh, you know, I got to put the trash out. That, that's really a pebble. To compare to you know, I got I got to work, and that work requires me to you know, pay my bills and provide for my family, that's a bigger responsibility than putting out trash, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we may get fuss, fussed at for not putting out the trash. But if you if you're to weigh, weigh out the two responsibilities, this the work should be heavier than the trash, right? All right, I'm with you. But if you. you look at all of our responsibilities in that way, there's pebbles to rocks to, to boulders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then not only responsibilities in a sense of this, of like physical things, like our work... You know, I'm married. I got kids. You know, I got, you know, what I do with my, my hobbies, um, you, my chores, all rocks. To Then you got to think of it from an emotional standpoint. So I have emotional rocks, right, that I'm dealing with. You know, like I, I struggle with anxiety or stress or, you know, a worry or, you know, I'm in counseling or, you know, I'm an emotional wreck right now. So, so then we have emotional, in a sense, rocks. Now, we all do. Like... For someone to say they don't have an emotional pebble in their pocket, it's crazy, all right? And so I was thinking about this in lieu of your conversation with your wife, okay? So <laughs> when you're like, hey, by the way, tomorrow I'm going to Texas. I know we both forgot. Figuratively speaking, basically, what happened is you just gave her responsibilities that she wasn't thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm heading out of town. Here's some rocks that I was holding, and I'm giving them to you. Okay, you follow me? Mm-hmm. Now, because y'all both forgot you're on the same page, she's like, yeah, I got it. Like, it's no big deal. So I'm u- only using the analogy. Now, think about your your whole life and my whole life, right? When we're out of order, when we're out of sync in life, basically what happens is this, is we begin to get so overwhelmed with life, right? Out of order, we get out of sync, Um out of control emotionally, um, things grow, or maybe even practically, right? Our responsibilities in our life. So when we begin to take on more in our life, those things grow, is those rocks begin to fall and other people begin to pick them up or we give our rocks to other people, right? Mm -hmm. And then what ends up happening is our relationships get way out of whack, right? Yeah. Think about the time of your day, the amount of time that you have in a day. You can actually overload your life with responsibilities or more responsibilities or more rocks to the point where your wife and kids are carrying rocks that you have instead of you carrying your own. Hmm. Elaborate, please. Okay. So if I, if I overwork, mm-hmm. there's only a certain amount of time in a day. So I'm carrying the rock of overwork, of work. But when I overwork and I'm out of balance, what ends up happening is that rock gets shifted to other people, particularly my family. So they take on the burden of the overwork, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. responsibility begins to shift on the, oh, dad's not around. Oh, he overworks. Now the chores fall on me and now this falls on me and now, you know, I got to do this and... You see what I'm saying? And when he is around, he's cranky. When he is around. So then the emotional piece comes. So then, you know, 
you know, dad overworks. And so when he gets home, he doesn't do anything around the house because he's exhausted or he starts drinking and the emotion or he's cranky and the emotional piece. So that's what I'm getting at here, Mm -hmm. right? Is when we aren't taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, and spiritually, our rocks that are normal for our life begin to fall or we hand them off to other people. And then what ends up happening is they begin to take on responsibilities for our life that we we should be responsible for. Hmm. Yeah, I'm mean, going to think about this for several days. But, you're, I mean, this is 100% right. And I think we often get angry when people aren't willing to play this little game with us. You know, they're not willing to carry our rocks mm-hmm. that we're supposed to carry. We get pretty upset about that, right? Yeah, we get upset about it. And it, what ends up happening is, you know, Say, say that I just st- hand you a couple of rocks. You're like, I can carry these. Mm-hmm. But then say I hand you some bigger ones, okay? And say that I hand you, you know, you have four or five rocks and then a big boulder and you're holding them. And then say, I just leave. And I say, hold these. You but leave me with your rocks and you leave? Yeah. How do Oof. you feel? Like I'm going to put the rocks down and we'll go walk away. That's but the <laughs> rocks don't disappear. But you uh-huh. feel responsible to hold them because I gave them to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right, so if you if your wife just gives you rocks, you're not going to just be like, I'm not doing anything with them, I'm going to hold them. What ends up happening in our relationships, and particularly um, our, our marriage relationships or close relationships, is uh, we hand people rocks, they hold them, they don't realize they're holding them until they get too heavy, and then they drop them, and then we get mad at them for dropping our rocks. Yeah. And it becomes sort of this tension in our relationships, right? But it all stems really from us not having a healthy balance in our life, mainly spiritually first, then physically, and then emotionally. Like those three connected, being healthy um, spiritually, mentally, and physically. And when we don't have those, those rocks begin to grow and we place them on other people's, you know. So if you're, if you're, you know, unhealthy physically, and you're having all these issues, you're not taking care of yourself, you begin to pass on the responsibilities to someone else. And I think that that's helpful to distinguish between the the responsibilities I have toward you because I am your friend or because I am your spouse or because I am your child. Like, I, I have responsibilities toward you. There's a difference between that and you have responsibilities that I shouldn't be carrying, but I am. So, for example, if someone was sick, but not because... They treated themselves very badly. They were just sick. I have a responsibility. Like, if you're my spouse, I'm going to take care of you. But if you took very bad care of yourself, and now I have to spend time doing that, it's different. It's not It's not even that I'm not willing to do it necessarily, but it's a different kind of responsibility. Right, and particularly spiritually. Mm-hmm. You're not taking care of yourself. And so I'm carrying the whole load of the spiritual responsibility for our relationship, for our home, right? So we all have rocks that we carry for each other because we're in relationship, we're in friendship. In your marriage, your wife's going to give you rocks, you're going to give her rocks, and it's like, oh, we agree to these and we're going to carry them for each other. So that's a good relationship. What ends up happening is if you start handing more rocks and then a boulder to your wife, what ends up happening is she does drop them, Mm -hmm. right? Because they get too heavy. There's too many. If I hand you too many rocks or too many responsibilities and they get heavy, you're like, I can't do this. Like this is, I'm on the verge of breaking. This is what happens in our, in our relationships, and particularly when we get out of balance. So as we're dropping this rock, look, here's the, here's the, the main focus here is when we're out of balance spiritually, everything else falls apart. 
our, our emotional life, um, you know, our health, it all starts with the spiritual foundation. And I know you know this, and I know the people who are listening, yeah, but that's the reality here, is that this is why when Jesus says, cast your cares upon me, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, my yoke is, my burden is, like, like, we're not, we oftentimes try to carry life and try to balance life and try to do life so much on our own. Oh, and then we just go to church or, you know, we do this. It's like, how much do we completely and totally rely on Jesus in our life, right? Like, how much are we really in need of Jesus as Savior, Jesus as Lord, Jesus as the one who orders my life, right? Mm-hmm. Who keeps me in balance. And I think oftentimes we look at our life as like, man, I'm way out of balance. I'm super unhealthy. I, I, I'm not, you know, exercising. I'm not praying. I'm emotionally, you know, not good. And then what ends up happening is we think, here's the thing, we think that it just affects us. And this is the whole point, is it doesn't. My out of balance affects every one around me at home and at work and i'm handing people rocks that they're not supposed to carry yeah and i think you bring up kind of the core point of this is you're talking about depending on jesus cast your cares on the lord like that's the the source of our balance you know christian balance or the idea of being a balanced person as a christian is different than the world's right we're not talking about perfection right we see that's the world's idea of balance is like you have exactly the right amount of work, the right amount of family, the right amount of prayer even. the right Like you have everything in the right measure, and when you get all that, everything's going to work out great. But that's not really what Christian balance is all about. I mean, Christian balance is, am I doing what God is asking me to do, or have I gotten distracted, and I'm doing things that God's not even asking mm-hmm. me to do? That's the unbalance you're talking about. And so the way to get rebalanced is not actually to be more grown up, but it's to be more childlike. Hmm. You know, like St. Therese would talk about her little way of, of this is to depend more and more and more on God. Not that we can spin all the plates and juggle all the balls and carry the rocks ourselves, but that we're actually giving more and more of them to God as we get older. In a, in a sense, we become less and less self-competent and more and more dependent on God. And that keeps us in our Christian balance, if you will, it keeps us connected to our source of life, which is God himself and we don't get distracted by trying to do everything on our own and carry everything on our own. Because you're right, it affects people when we don't follow our Christian call. When we don't live as Christians, we negatively affect the world and especially those around us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you talk about this childlike faith because children automatically trust, right? Uh, your your kids trust that if they're going to climb on top of your van and jump that you're going to catch them, right? Hey, Daddy, mm-hmm. catch me, and you will. Um but they just naturally trust that that's going to happen. As adults, we don't. Like, we kind of grow out of that. That's why Jesus says, you know, uh, those who inherit the kingdom of God are, you know, be like a little child, you know? And we grow out of that trust because we become reliant on ourselves, our ability to do things on our own, right? Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the the spiritual, you know, sort of flipping it on its head is that it's not the more that we can do, it's it's the less that, that we can do and the more that we rely on God. Mm, absolutely. To, to order our life, right? And look, here's the thing. Uh, if I can be honest, like the time in my life where I work too much, maybe because of need, maybe because of the season of our family and, you know, you know, my, my job required it, and I get it, all those things. But 
I could see the burden being put on my family, right? Mm -hmm. And things didn't change. The order didn't change. The the getting quote unquote, you know, healthy or in balance didn't change until I started talking to God about it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so my wife can just you know be mad or or nag or say what about us or the kids and I can just be like well I'm working I work hard you know we we justify we come up with excuses and they could be good things right I'm doing this for all of us and I got to work and it requires me but it wasn't until I said uh, I was humble enough to to ask Jesus what he, how do you want to order my life how do you want to rearrange this because I can't do it anymore Right, I'm trying right. too hard, and the way I'm doing it obviously isn't working. Everyone's burdened. I'm burdened. It's heavy. I'm carrying rocks. They're carrying rocks. And so, Lord, I surrender. I need you to reorder my life. Show me how to do this better. Give me balance. You see what I'm saying? Like that's where the that's where true change begins to happen. And when we reorder our lives around what you were saying is, well, what does God say about this? What does Jesus say? Because there is no other way. I mean, the thing is, Jesus is the way, not a way, right? And so the way to a a healthy life that blesses people, like blesses ourselves, but also blesses the people in our life, Jesus is the way to that. Mm-hmm. There is no method other than that. Right. Um, and so d- the Lord might inspire us to pursue certain strategies or ideas about how to balance our life better, you know, manage stress and time and all that, and all that's but it, it's all nothing if it's not from him. You know what I mean? Like if it's if it's just of us, if it's just of the world, it might be cool for a second or like the um, the seed that grows up on thorns, right? Like it might pop up, but then it withers because there are anxious uh, cares of the world and everything that will get us. Or there's no depth to it, right? So the seed on the, um, on the rock, it'll spring up at once. We try this little thing for a week and it's like, oh, but then it's gone, mm-hmm. you know? So how do we get that... that stable joy and peace that can bless our family and bless us, that Jesus is the only way. Yeah, so if you're at a place in your life where you feel like there's area or areas of your life that are out of balance, uh, that you're carrying too many rocks, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to all carry rocks and pebbles. It's just part of life. It's part of responsibility. It's part of the things. But they're getting heavy, and you feel that it's getting heavy in your life, and it's out of balance, and you're now dropping rocks or handing rocks off and they're getting heavy for is the place to start is not, you know, let me figure this out on my own. The place to start is, um, to talk to Jesus about it, like to surrender those rocks, like literally handing those rocks and saying, I don't know what to do about my job or my overwork or my overweight or my unhealthiness or my emotional instability or my stress or my anxiety. I surrender these rocks to you because when Jesus carries the cross, uh, he, if he could take on the weight of the world, then guess what he can take? He can take on the weight of the rocks that you carry and that I carry. There's nothing too big or too heavy for him uh, to load on his shoulders, right? And this is the place of surrender, like you said, as a little child to begin to hand those rocks over. And stealing from Mother Teresa, which is something I always do. Not well, that, like no, I mean, not stealing her stuff. Really? Because <laughs> she her probably ideas. didn't have much right. to take. But <laughs> if you could steal one thing from Mother Teresa, what would it be? Oh, like an actual item. Mm-hmm. 
Um, man, it's a good question. She didn't really own anything. I guess her rosary. Ooh, because there's not much she has that I could take. Yeah, but that would be one I would like to have in my room, I mm-hmm. guess. Or, but to steal her idea, I would take nothing, Adam. <laughs> you're a thief. <laughs> Hope Thanks, you feel Paul. bad about your life right now. But there's still her idea that, you know, the busier you get, the more time you need, like what you're describing. Mm-hmm. The more time you need touching base with God to say, how do I handle this? How do I do this? Because the more complex life gets, we tend to talk to the people we should be talking to the most less, like talking to our spouse less, talking to our kids less, talking to God less. When we feel the the burden, the rocks that are just piling up, like we... We isolate ourselves, one, but then two, we think ourselves so busy that we don't have time to connect with people around us. But this this starts with God himself. And so Mother Teresa would say, if you're busier, pray more. Yep. Um, it worked for her. Yep. You know? She spent two hours of prayer a day in the way you're describing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she prayed more in other ways, but like in, in that I'm just going to be still and talk to God and, and listen you know, for her, she needed two hours a day, and um, I wonder how much I actually need. I, I know how much I try to get, but how much would, like, a I can, healthy I, dose be? Well, I can say this is, you know, if you think of how much you need, it's more than what you think you need. Right. You know, it's all it's always going to be more as far as grace. You know, I remember working with a student when I was in, who was in college, and I would tell the college students, when I work with college students, or I go speak on college campuses, hey, uh, just FYI, the older you get, the harder life gets. <laughs> That's true. And, we think we're so busy in And college, they're like, no, I'm so are, busy, but... and you know, I can't <laughs> wait to graduate and get a job. Life's going to get easier when I make money, right? And like this is... That's how we think, and, yeah. And then you're like, yeah. So I remember working with the students in college, and, and then um, you know, just recently get a call and be like, hey, can I come meet with you? I want to, you know, I want you to be my, you know, coach and, and kind of... And, uh, you know, so he sat down, he's like, look, um, I, I realized that, uh, it's not getting any easier. You know, he's young, married now, young family, mm-hmm. you know, young kids, you know, he's got a job and a wife and, and then he's like, yeah, I, I it's hitting me that it's not getting easier, that it's only going to get harder. Mm-hmm. Right. The rocks only get more. The and rocks bigger. are getting bigger. And I, mm-hmm. and one of the things I told him is like, you're at a natural spot in life. Like. Like life is hard. It is harder. And the rocks are going to get heavier and bigger and what to do with them and where to put them and how to juggle them is only getting harder. But it gets even harder if you make it harder on yourself. Yeah. Right. Like you're out of balance. And that was part of what we had talked about is that there was some out of balance in one of those areas, physical, spiritual, and emotional. But you know, the hub of that is spiritual. Let's not forget that when you Mm -hmm. order that and you begin to talk to Jesus about the unhealthiness in your emotional life or your health life or, you know, your the sin begins to creep in and, and really some dysfunction and disorder. Uh, it Things don't change until you begin to talk to Jesus about it, right? But that's what the mindset is. Oh, you know, when I reach this point, it'll get easier or better or the rocks will go away. And the reality is, is that life just gets harder when we have more responsibility. And so like you were saying with Mother Teresa, is like, well, what's the answer? Like, what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so so do you just keep 
placing rocks on yourself and on other people to where everybody's just extremely stressed out and, you know, can't handle it. And this is why people are having problems at home or with their kids or in parenting or their marriage. They're in it for 30 years and they're like, ah, oh, we don't even know anymore. This is what begins to happen because it starts with a pebble and 30 years later, it's a boulder. And a boulder is really, really hard, not only to carry, but it's hard to hold for a long time. Eventually, you're going to drop it. And that's what happens. If, when these things are out of order and they're not dealt with, they just grow. They expand. They get bigger and bigger and bigger over time. And one of the biggest temptations is to exchange my rocks for a different set. And this is unfortunately a big deal in marriages and in friendships and in jobs. As Christians discern what, what the Lord's asking us to do, we often just look at the other side of the fence and we imagine that it's greener and easier there. And that, oh, well, the Lord wants me to be happier, right? Like, the Lord wants me to have less stress, have less. So, of course, he wants me to separate from my spouse. That's mm -hmm. what he wants me to do. It'll be easier if. It'll be easier if I have a different kind of life. So, we want to or... avoid the suffering that we're having right now. So, maybe we're in suffering in our marriage or, you know, relationships. So, we're like, like you're saying is, oh, it'll be easier if we just didn't have this suffering in our relationship. So, you forego the work or the suffering to think it's easier by just getting rid of it doesn't work that way. Well, that's not the way the Lord did it, right? Like he had one path his whole life, and it led to the cross. He I embraced mean, the moments, even the suffering moments. Yeah. You know, statistically, people, you know, just using the, 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 the analogy, statistically, people who get divorced, when they get older, they look back and say, I wish I would have worked it out. Like, mm -hmm. I wish I would have worked that one really? out. Really? Like, yeah, because they get older, and they think, what? Life didn't get e any easier. Mm -hmm. I figured out how to work other things out. I could have figured that out. It's this ability to want to avoid pain and suffering and work, right? So let me just end that and do this, and that'll be easier. And we often, let me just change the job. You know, let me just avoid my kids. You know, let me just avoid home. Uh, let me just avoid this, and it'll be better here, and I'll just, you know... But that's not how it works. Like, you you don't get rid of suffering, right? You you just exchange it for another, and then and then you replace it with another. It's really embracing it, and this is what this is the beautiful thing about the gospel, and why we have a, a show where we can talk about this is that again, when Jesus says, "Cast your cares upon me," he's not talking. You know, it, this isn't a parable. He's it's it's a literal you know ask from the Lord of saying. No, no, really. Cast your cares upon me. You know, I, I can handle it. And he really can. And the thing is, if, if we learn to rely on him on those moments, in the pebbles, we'll learn to rely on him on the bigger things. And this is what he says, right? He says that if we're faithful in small matters, we'll be faithful in big. And for a lot of us, there are very small ways the Lord is asking us to cast our cares on him, you know? I mean, we have a lot of worries and a lot of anxieties, but he's not asking us to do something we can't do. Right. So, like, right now, he's asking us to rely on him for some difficulty in our life. And he's some not suffering. asking something that he can't do. Right. He's not asking something that he can't accomplish and do. Right? And we downsize God's grace so much and his ability to do work in our life. And so then we think that we can do it. Right? And so he's not asking us anything that we can't do, but he's not asking anything that he can't do. 
And and that's the thing is like, no, really the reality is I can't do this. Right. The reality is he can. You can reorder my life, Lord. You can help me love my spouse when right now, like there's anger and hatred and brokenness. Like you can help me love my kids when they, when I feel like they fail me. You, you can help me figure out our job and our finance. You can reorder. But that's where we got to go with the conversation, right? Is that humility to begin to drop the rocks, not on other people, but in the Lord's hands and to be able to make the changes that he wants. So maybe it is some change that, that hurts. That's a little painful. That is going to require a little bit out of me. Right. Um, so that the reordering can begin to happen. When you said the H word humility. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, you know, we're talking about us being out of balance and, having unhealthy behavior and things and it affecting others. Our sin doesn't so much affect others. It's the pride behind our sin. What do I mean by that? Well, even if I do my best, I'm going to sin today and I'm going to offend people. I'm going to offend coworkers. I'm going to offend, you know, but what makes that stick and build resentment or problems or becomes a burden is when it's done out of pride Instead of the humility to say, I'm sorry, the humility to say, look, I'm working on this. Can you help me get better? It's the pride of the situation that makes the burden unbearable. Mm -hmm. And we often don't know how proud we are. Most of us think we're really good stuff. You know, like (laughs) I handle everything really well. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Right? Like we just think we're amazing. Maybe I just gave up a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) But the reality is, or we pretend to other people that we have it all together. Well, we want to convince ourselves, really. Yeah. But if we just let that go, and mm-hmm. see, this, this is the first step of, of this letting go of the rocks, is like, not only do you, is God not expecting you to carry all these rocks by yourself, but there's that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Like, no one does. We're not created for it. Right. Like, even if, even if there was nothing wrong with us, which, by the way, we all have things wrong with us, but even if we were perfect people, we still couldn't do it. So the humility to say, Lord... This is not the point. The point is not that I become some superhuman who can do everything right. That's not what you want of me. Mm-hmm. The point is that I'm humble and I give you all of these rocks and these cares as soon as I'm aware of them. And I, and I say I'm sorry to others when I've become a burden to them that's unnecessary. Um, so without this humility, it's it's really difficult to keep that balance in life because it depends on us being humble. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you never hand your heavy rocks to other people, um, you think to yourself, well, my load is not affecting the people around me. And that is a lie. Mm -hmm. Because the pride of saying, well, I can carry it all, is affecting the way that you operate. So you're just walking around with this heavy burden, or you can barely walk, or you're dropping things, right? Mm -hmm. So naturally, other people are going to look down and see them or pick them up for you. Um, but you're just saying, no, I, I can carry it. Well, what good are you if you can't even uh, walk because you're carrying so much, right? right? So that's where our unhealthiness, our sin affects other people. So I was meeting with a guy who's struggling, um, uh, you know, p- with a personal sin, personal sin, right? He's like, yeah, do your wife know about it? No, this is personal. Well, is it affecting y'all's intimate life? Yeah, a little bit. Is it affecting how deep y'all communicate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it affecting, you know, like 
a deep emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So is it just your sin now? Um, no, no, I guess it's affecting everything. And that's the thing. It does affect everything. Whether we want to convince ourselves that it doesn't or not, it does. And so this is, this is the beauty of our faith, is that we have a Savior. We're not called to save ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't save ourselves. Stop that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The enemy wants you to believe that you can save yourself from yourself, and you can't. Jesus comes to save us, and that's the beauty of surrender. Is Lord, I can't do this anymore. And that's where we, humility is the opposite of pride, right? The humility to say, I can't do this anymore. All right, this is Paul and Adam talking Art of Living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam in studio talking art of living. It's rainy outside, falls here, but here tomorrow it's going to be cool cool, and sunny. And Because that's what we do here, you know. That's how we roll. It's tomorrow Saturday. What if I cooked the gumbo? What if I did that? You, you like that. I do like cooking. Weather, I have learned that weather in Louisiana affects the menu. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 100% affects the menu, not only what people want to eat, but what they want to cook. You know, because cooking is a social thing, Mm -hmm. you know, so you might cook a gumbo, but that's like an all-day affair because you just want it to be. Yep. Right? Well, that's how families visit. You know, like my kids will be in the kitchen while I cook all day. All day. If it happens, just we'll see. Out. If. There's a big <laughs> if. All right, so I'm thinking a six-pack of rocks. Question. <laughs> that face you're what making. What I said? I said a six-pack of rocks. Why are you laughing? Because, I don't but know. You The smirk on my face? I mean, face? the way you're saying it and what you're saying combined for pure entertainment. Okay. six-pack of rocks. Rocks. <laughs> no, we've been talking about rocks this episode of, um, you know, carrying around burdens and then Forcing other people to carry them, these kinds of things. So question number one, it's a bit tough, so you take your time, okay? I don't want you to hurt yourself. But most of us don't want to be on a burden on other people or impact them in a negative way. And so we don't realize the times when we're expecting others to carry our rocks or be a burden to them. So question number one is, how do you come to that awareness of the negative impact you might be having on other people that you might not be aware of? It's a good question because a lot of times we don't know we're affecting other people um, or we're out of balance until they're, it gets so heavy that they drop rocks and they're exhausted. And then there becomes anger, resentment. It kind of blows up, right? You know, we have the saying, it just all hits the fan, right? It just mm. all comes to, to head. And then we're like, oh, man, I, I didn't know this has been happening. And there just begins to, to be some turmoil. And if you're there and it happens, like, just deal with it. Like, just... I'm sorry, let's work on this and let's move forward together and, and get some, some healing, some forgiveness there. Um, 
But I think it's always good to kind of evaluate, you know, where, where are you out of balance or not? Like where, where is, are things getting too heavy for you? Cause if they're getting too heavy for you, that's the sign that you're starting to hand them off to other people. Hmm. So that would be the first place if, if, it's getting too heavy for you. You're out of balance. That's the point where you naturally drop rocks or hand them to other people and you don't know it's happening. So if it's getting too heavy for you, other people are holding rocks for you. That's that's where you know. That's the equation. That's yeah. the equation. Wow. All right, question number two. You talked about how Jesus is the Savior and we're not. Talk to me a little bit about the Savior complex um, where we think we need to be the one holding everyone's rocks. Yeah. We think that we're, you know, we can hold other people's rocks and we can hold our rocks. We can do it all. I think this, this idea of, you know, self-help and this idea of, you know, I can train myself to be super disciplined. Some of those tools are good, like, um, but they, they, they run its course to the point where, um, you know, things will break and fall apart, right? And I, I think we live in a culture where people have have gotten away from a real need for Jesus, and they're more willing to turn to some help, self help book or some some discipline than they are to Jesus first, right? So this the savior complex is here's the reality is that you can't save yourself not only from yourself not only from your sin not only but you can't save yourself from other people you can't save other people only Jesus can and so inviting him into the picture into the reality uh, is a huge first step love it all right question number three talk about the different sizes of rocks um, I know in my own experience or just thinking about working with other people or just talking to other people, we tend to get really frustrated and aggravated about the little stuff and ignore the big rocks that we're carrying around. What's that about? Like, I, why do we get mad about such little things? Yeah. I always tell people who are either engaged to be married or they're already married and they have rocks and tension. We use the analogy of luggage in marriage. They have all this baggage and luggage and like, look at all this stuff we're dealing with. And they'll focus on like, you know, this small little carry on bag. I always tell people is like, if you can, in your marriage, downsize all your issues, all your luggage into one carry on, like you're going to have a great marriage because the reality is you're always going to have things in your life. You know, you, we're all broken. We're all imperfect. Like we're never going to be perfect, uh, but we can downsize. We can work hard to minimize our issues and, and have a manageable carry on bag together that we have rocks that we carry and we carry each other's, but they're not too big to carry, right? And I think oftentimes the reality is let's just forget about the big elephant in the room and, you know, we're going to just let this, these small little issues affect us instead of saying, you know, if we got rid of that huge rock in our room, <laughs> we would have a lot more space, right? It just makes so sense, so much yeah. sense when you say it like that, Paul. So it makes sense. All right, question number four. So we talked a little bit about humility. I love the connection you made uh, with that. And so in this regard, how do we come to depend on someone when we don't want to? Like, how do we be humble enough before the Lord when we're really not naturally inclined to like? Maybe we 
don't rely on God for everything. And we like the idea of it, but that's just not how we are. Like, how do we train ourselves up in that idea? I think the humility and the realization that we do need other people. So we're not saying that other people can't help carry our burdens. God can use other people to really help us during tough times or during life. I mean, that is what marriage is about. Like we're carrying each other's load, but a manageable one, right? And we're helping each other get to a manageable load. I remember a friend telling me that he was going through a hard time in his life personally. He was married and he called his wife. He was having a breakdown emotionally from a lot of stress. And he said the only thing that came out of his mouth on the phone to his wife is, when I get home, can you remind me of who I am? And, and I just thought that that was like a beautiful, humble story that uh, that's just what he needed. He, he needed to know that somebody was with him, right, that was going to love him in this moment and just remind him of who he was. And we need that in our life, absolutely. And God can use people close to us, people who love us, to help us in those, in those times. Love it. All right, question number five. Give me some advice on the, the big stuff, like the big life um, burdens, like if we feel like it's not going well, things like my marriage, my parenting, my career choice. Like if we have a moment where we feel the burden of it all, mm-hmm. um, what do we do with that? Because those things are not easily changed or easily, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'll connect you to the other question about the big rock and, and the, all the little rocks focuses, you know, we deal with say marriage couples and coaching them and helping is um, in life in marriage, there's critical issues, right? Those critical issues are parenting, it's communication, it's finances, it's, um, you know, spirituality. And, and those are critical issues. They're issues that kind of surface and like, man, we're having trouble with our finance. We fight over this or fight over parenting. We don't communicate well, and this isn't going well. And we have trouble with the in-laws and those are all critical issues. Um, and what ends up happening is we hyper-focus on the critical issues. And they're good, like let's get a budget down and let's agree to it, but then we're still fighting. The reality is is underneath the critical issues are what we call underlying issues. They're, they're the real deep-seated things that's making us fight about communication or finances or parenting. We're not on the same page. And I think the real work is getting to the underlying issue. Why is it there? Why? And keep asking yourself, what's there? That What's my experience? What have I created? What's the story in my head? Like, wh- wh- where's the, the need for real deep healing and understanding? Sweet. All right, question number six of the Six Pack of Rocks. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Rocky... On the Rocks. Rocky movie? Six Pack on the Rocks. Six Pack on the Rocks. Oh, that would nice. be a much better Six Pack. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. What's your favorite Rocky movie? Whew, I don't remember the numbers, but I can tell you this. I saw every Rocky movie more than once. Mm-hmm. So I, you well, know. give me an opponent. I'll give you the number. You just say the opponent. Well, so there were two with the Russian. Yes. Right. In the one he lost to the Russian, and in the next one he came back and beat uh, Dorf. Uh, yes. Uh, so and then the, I think I like those two. One, I I don't know. I, I'll go back to Apollo Creed because I loved Apollo Creed. I can't choose. It's a rocky. So let me get this rocky straight. Answer. I ask you five big life questions, and you just spit them off. But I ask you what your favorite Rocky movie is. Yeah, I and like you just them all. Can't do it. I like Rocky. I really do. <laughs> People have told me in my younger days when I had spiked up hair that I kind of looked like the Russian, not built like him. I wish, <laughs> but like the face, the square jaw. I'm kind of like you know that whole thing. And so anyway, and you are always in a hurry. You're Russian to get places. So anyway, 
downsize those rocks, load them off to Jesus. I'm telling you, life's going to get better. Thanks, you guys, for listening. You can find the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, uh, discovertheartofliving.com. You can see our marriage work we're doing, the coaching, consulting stuff. And uh, support us, help us out, help us keep going. Adam, thanks for everything. Uh, your joy to be with, and uh, we'll be back next week. God bless.